Welcome back, everyone, to episode 56 of Life and Lit. We have been on a little hiatus lately because life is crazy. The life part of this podcast has been in full effect with a lot of traveling and just general craziness for both of us. But we are so excited to be back with a repeat author and the start of a new series. This week, we are going to cover Beartown by Frederick Backman. But before we dive in, I'm Sydney. And I'm Paige. And this is Life and Lit. <laughs> I, I want to punch you in the face right now. <laughs> I was so straight faced. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a flawless. That was an almost flawless. Intro. I know. Okay, but you can you can edit it. It's just because I read the like Swedish um title that Bjornstad and it made me giggle oh. a little bit. And then I had to say my name. See, that's so easy to edit. I got you. Yeah. I'm but definitely I've had to do that all of that in where I say that I hate oh, you and oh, okay. a little like <laughs> that you get right before you start to laugh like oh my gosh you're killing me when I try to stop mouth. myself from laughing I'm like don't uh, do it don't do it all right I did it though I like how we're like oh my gosh life has been so crazy we've just been traveling so much <laughs> I was like, trying to so focus sad. on the positive because he, yeah, well, it's true. I did travel there, but we recorded around that. Actually, yeah. no, we haven't recorded since before I left. Exactly. Left right after me. Because I left right after. Yeah. And then I and then, didn't know where I was for like four days. So probably shouldn't have recorded then. Yeah. And last Although. week was literal hell for me at work. So I was like, let's just. Let's just not. Let's you don't know not. what continent you're on. I don't know where I'm at because work <laughs> is bananas and I'm just chugging along. So, yeah, clearly it's not going well right now. <laughs> so <laughs> no, we're just going to uh, do it. Yeah, it feels like I mean, it does feel like we haven't done this in a while because we haven't. But because we have not, it's, it feels really weird. But I'm happy to be back in it. I'm happy to be back with this author. I'm Me really excited too. to discuss this one because all of his books are just great. They really this are. one is heavier, I would say. It was. It bummed me out, but at the same time, more more than anxious people did, but at the same time, there were so many good little nuggets in there. And I feel like he is so good at weaving in just like touching life moments. Oh, yeah. Makes you feel good by the end of it. So yeah, that's very true. It's a very real read. Yes. He's surprisingly like started to become one of my favorite authors. And I did not think that based on how like when I picked up anxious people or when we decided to do that, I did yeah. not expect much. And like we said in that episode. So if you haven't listened, go back and listen to that, the first novel by Frederick Backman that we did. Yeah. I didn't like uh, it at first, but I got into it, and now I'm just like, I just love him. Like, anything he writes, I'll read. And they're so quotable. Like, all yes. his books, I don't know, like, not even, like, I would just, like, 
say it to somebody it's not like quotable the way like shrek is quotable <laughs> it's more like you read it's just like you read a passage of his book and it really hits home to you and you forget what you're reading about like this book is about a hockey town but it's about so much more than that so like on the surface hockey town but then you'll like read a passage that just kind of sticks with you yes because he does i mean the same thing with anxious people like like you said it's about a hockey town at i sky level but he you get into it and it's really just a story about people and the interactions and the defining moments in your life and all of the little things and the big things and everything in between and he just does such a great job of bringing that to life for all of these characters in this town so I loved it. Also, side note, when you said <laughs> quotable like Shrek, in my mind, <laughs> I was thinking quotable like Pulp Fiction, because that's <laughs> the movie that I find myself quoting like 90% yeah. of the time. Look at the brains on Brad. <laughs> yeah. So that just shows our two. <laughs> We're a little different. The a difference different. that cracks me up. Yeah. <laughs> okay well hopefully you all can tell that this is going to be a good review but yeah before we... any one of those episodes you know yes. us we like a linear timeline <laughs> yes but before we dive too far in i will go ahead and read a summary of bear town by frederick back people say bear town is finished A tiny community nestled deep in the forest, it is slowly losing ground to the ever-encroaching trees. But down by the lake stands an old ice rink, built generations ago by the working men who founded this town. And in that ice rink is the reason people in Beartown believe tomorrow will be better than today. Their junior ice hockey team is about to compete in the national semifinals, and they actually have a shot at winning. All the hopes and dreams of this place now rest on the shoulders of a handful of teenage boys. Being responsible for the hopes of an entire town is a heavy burden, and the semifinal match is the catalyst for a violent act that will leave a young girl traumatized and the town in turmoil. Accusations are made, and, like ripples on a pond, they travel through all of Beartown, leaving no resident unaffected. Beartown explores the hope that brings a small community together, the secrets that tear it apart, and the courage it takes for an individual to go against the grain. There it is. I hope we sold you with our little pre-review, our little summary. Maybe you've been hooked on Frederick Backman since we went over anxious people. But there's your summary. Spoiler alert from here on out. We will be doing our deep dive. If you want to pause, go read it, catch up, and come back, feel free to do so. Otherwise, here we go. If you're not hooked yet, when I was doing some like prep for the pod and going back over the summary, I saw a blog that compared Beartown to a hockey book version of Friday Night Lights, the show. Oh, yeah. And I thought that's like spot on. So if you're a fan of Friday Night Lights, get in the hockey brain. And this is very similar. You would probably love this book. Yeah. Just a plug. yeah, that's a really good description. It's like a Swedish 
Friday Night Lights. Yes. This is their football. Yeah. And I had never thought of it that way. So shout out to um, the internet for that little suggestion. Yeah. So with that, we will dive right in. And the summary sets the stage very well. But like I read, Beartown is this small rural town that is dying off. It's nestled back in the woods. It's pretty far removed from any city or any larger industry. And as you see, so with so many towns, like small rural towns in America, industry just has started leaving. And once that happens, it's really hard for the town to stay afloat. And so the one thing that has stayed and that kind of rallies the town is this hockey club. And it's kind of like an old boys club is how I reckon it. But it's really the lifeblood of the town because it's what brings people together. It's like the youth sports organization. It's what the townspeople have to do when the winters are so like bleak and dreary and long yeah yes but it made me think of I think like being from a small town kind of helped relate help me relate to this a little bit more but it just like made me think of our like Friday night football game yes in you know in our in our hometown and like all the teachers working like the concession stand and like the seniors doing this and selling the raffle tickets and the band. Like that's just kind of what I pictured in a hockey version whenever I was reading, but on a larger scale because like their hockey team was actually good and we were good for a little bit, but by the time our football team was good. And on the flip side, our town was not dying. If anything, it's the opposite. Our town has is, grown yeah. so much from when we it's went like there. It's the corner. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, but it yeah, does. That's what I pictured. Like the community, everybody going out on Friday nights to go to the football game. Definitely. It reminded me of some of the small towns I worked in when I worked in Clay County and how like one of them had been a really big oil boom town and then that kind of left, but the school system and the school sports basketball and all of that was like what rallied the community. Yeah. And yeah, it gives you kind of the like nostalgic feeling and, you know, all the, the townspeople in the coffee shop and the bar and they're talking about the big game this weekend or the match they just had and things like that. But they're hopeful now in Beartown because the junior team is g- doing great and they are playing in the semifinals. If they win that, they'll go on to the finals. And the elders, the club, the board members of the club, the sponsors of the club are really pinning all their hopes and dreams on this junior team because they think this is what will put Beartown back on the map if we're – you know, champions in hockey, then people will want to sponsor our club. They might even build a new rink for us because we have so much promise and, you know, we're going to be training up the next generation of pro hockey players. So we'll get all this money to build new rinks. And they're really hoping that it's going to revitalize the town. 
which as an adult looking back that's a lot of pressure to put on yeah uh, on like all the kids high school kids but I also it was like I don't know kind of endearing again the way because you want to believe that your town is gonna make it back on top or you want to believe that good things are going to come so this is what's really setting the build-up for the action in this novel but we meet a whole host of characters this is definitely an ensemble novel which you know that we're drawn yes. to where we you'll love read... a good ensemble <laughs> yes you'll read different like the same linear story from different points of view from at like ranging from the general manager of the team they're kind of the like main family down to some of the players but basically peter anderson is the general manager of the team and he is from beartown he had risen up and was kind of their star player when he was in school he had led them to almost be winners kind of mirroring what they're in now uh, mm -hmm. And after that, he went on to the NHL, moved to Canada, kind of, he was the the beacon of the town, I guess, because he was the success story. He yeah, made it out to the out. big leagues. Yeah. But after some injuries, he ended up coming, being asked to come back home and be the GM of the team at home. And so he, you know, for his family, he moved back and moved his wife and their kids back to Beartown. And so now he's managing the team. But there's a lot of internal conflict because the pressure is really on him as the GM. And the coach of the junior team is David, who is another former player who is also very good, not as good as Peter. But there's kind of some tension with the two of them. And then kind of rounding out the coaches is soon, who is this like, if there's any One Tree Hill fans listening out here, he's like <laughs> the whitey of this. So he's, he's the one that coached Peter his whole time growing up. And he's a really great coach. And he had, you know, had several successful years and he led his team to the championships and all of that. But they never won and he really needs to retire, but they're kind of keeping him around as a figurehead. So he yeah. is also like helping coach the juniors with David. And yeah, Peter, and he's like, he's slowly being phased out and he realizes it, but he's like very old school with his coaching ways. He's more concerned about the player as a person than like the team's success. Um, yes. And that's not what the town sees, because like we've been saying, they've been if they win, they could get this hockey school there and it would bring in this mall and it would build the town back up. But he doesn't care about any of that. He still cares about each individual player as a person where everybody else sees money signs. Yeah. And they just want the wins. They don't care how or, you know the way you get there, they just want the wins and they want to get the championship. And Peter yeah. and Soon are kind of 
like he seems like a father figure to Peter. And so they're the ones kind of the old school versus David and the rest of the board members who are mm-hmm. just after the wins and the money. But um, Peter has his family, his wife, Kira, who is a lawyer. She works in the next closest like big town and she is not hockey obsessed like everyone else in the town, but her husband is. So she kind of goes along with it, but she doesn't love their life in Beartown because it's just so small town and so bleak. Like listening to them read about the winners, I was just like, I could not, that's not for me. (laughs) But yeah, I just, want to say like if you've listened to this podcast you know which one of us has you know who believes in love and which one of us doesn't and let me just tell you the commitment issues I have after this book if I did it before because she had this big life and she talks about how she's not like actually very happy there but her love for Peter brought her there and she's now stuck there and that's one of my top five fears is (laughs) Loving someone so much and then giving everything up for them and then not being happy. It's just, is it worth it? But at the end of the day, I don't, that was something I wrestled with, which we'll get into. But like, it was never the unhappiness where Kira wants to leave or like she's cheating on him because she's not fulfilled or she wants to like leave her family. It's just the, the balancing act, I guess. And she likes her time driving you know an hour not she doesn't like driving an hour plus but that's her like away time and going Mm -hmm. to be in her job and be fulfilled in her career and she relishes the fact that she's not just the hockey coach's wife or the hockey gm wife she doesn't fit that role like so many other people in the town do Mm -hmm. so in turn she feels like she doesn't fit in well with them but i don't know i didn't i don't know it just seemed there was definitely, like, a tinge of sadness all the time, like, around her scenes or, like, the parts that you read in the book about her. I don't know. I got that sometimes, but then I also thought there was a lot of really sweet things with her and Peter that I was like, see? Because you're such an optimist. I wish I could be more <laughs> like you. <laughs> Come to the dark side. <laughs> But, yes. okay, so there that's Peter and Kira, and then they've got their children, Maya and Leo. So Maya is the oldest. She's, like, 15, mm-hmm. and she is not about hockey at all. She kind of resents it even because, I don't know, like the mom. typical <laughs> – what? That she's like her mom in this, act, in this aspect. Yeah, well, and it's the typical teenage angst where, like – you know, you hate your town because it's so small and you hate everything that everyone else likes and whatever. Um, Because Maya is super into music. She loves to play guitar and she really feels like at peace with that. And she just does not understand all the fuss about hockey. But again, she like shows up for her dad. And I think she was one, there was some quote about like, you can't ever trust anyone who doesn't love something more than they love their self because that's how her dad feels about hockey and that's how she feels about music. Yeah. And then there's Leo. Oh, he's like Yeah, he's kind of like a minor character. Um Yeah, I always forgot about him honestly. Yeah, he's like 
I don't know, like 12 or something. He's just like the little brother, just kind of bebopping through life with all of them. Yeah. <laughs> but I totally forgot how this book, I wanted to mention how this book starts out. So page one, chapter one says something to the effect of, let me pull it up here. The very first sentence of the novel is, late one evening, a teenager picked up a shotgun, walked into the forest, put the gun to someone else's forehead, and pulled the trigger. This is mm -hmm. the story of how we got there. So, it hooks you in right there. Yeah. I was like, talk about intrigue. Yeah. And it start like, it's, you know, starts at the beginning and then foreshadows everything. So, I really should have done that at the beginning of this, but that's okay. We're too far into it now. So... <laughs> We have a very non-linear podcast, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> Always. But... We keep it interesting. Yes. So it, the book just starts off with a bang, like, literally. And you want to know what happens. But they kind of do some background setting the stage with all of the characters. Like, Peter and his family and how they got to where they're at. But they're... It opens up on the eve of the semifinal and the whole town is a buzz because they're playing in this game and this is their chance and they've got to win. And the coaches, David soon, and then Peter as the GM are all kind of strategizing and they've got their star player, Kevin Airdahl. And he's just like, I don't know, like your typical quarterback. I don't know hockey, so I can't relate it to those terms very well. Like even after reading this book, I still don't know hockey that well. But oh, yeah, no. But we enjoyed got, it, and that's what matters. <laughs> yeah, but he's the, you know, the star player, heartthrob, pride of the town. Mm -hmm. And but there's still just something missing. Like they're still they're really worried about this team that they're going up against. And they're at the club one day soon and Peter are always the first ones there and they see this kid, this like little nobody kid down on the ice play, like just scrimmaging with like himself. Like running drills. Yeah. Yeah. Just Dating running drills. Forth, essentially. Yeah. Like training himself because he's not on the team yeah. and he doesn't he's have on, any like, the practice. lower team. Yeah. yeah. And his mom is a janitor there at the club. So he goes to work with her early in the mornings. And while she's working and cleaning up, he's down on the ice, just skating and practicing, trying to build himself up. And soon notices how lightning fast this kid is. Like yeah. crazier than anything they've ever seen. And so he leaves a note for David the coach to come down and watch and they kind of watch him go for a little bit and they decide to offer him a spot on the team and it's the day before and he yes. takes the spot of like a kind of well-established kid which you know of course makes him mad upset some of the team but then some of them are kind of like well you know whatever it takes for us to win because what they yeah. were missing on the team was speed and that's what this kid has Yes, and he is a kid, you know, from the wrong side of the tracks and, 
you know, lives in a poorer section of town and gets made fun of a lot, but he's got his core group of good friends that are on this lower level team. And so this is kind of his big break to get up and, you know, play in the, the big leagues with the yeah. juniors. Um, I'll say because we're nonlinear here, but the thing that like really struck me about um, this kid, Amat is his name. Um, whenever, you know, they kind of establish his little friend group and they're like the people that nobody like likes, but nobody dislikes, you know, yeah. like they're just like that group of friends over there that doesn't bother anyone. They get bullied, um, but they're, and they're friends because they all get bullied essentially. But whenever he makes it, he gets like that promotion to the other team. It's like his friends are standing to the side and he's talking to him and somebody from like the new team invites him to like go to a party or something. And he's like, oh, like, I guess I'm going with them. And it was like, it was a moment that nobody realized that nothing would ever be the same again. And I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, like, do you know how many moments we had as teenagers? Even now, like, even now we have that. But especially I feel like when you're a teenager, like you always have that, like there's that moment where nothing's ever going to be the same and you don't realize it till later. And that made, that just really messed with my mind when I read it. I was like, whoa. <laughs> but that's why Frederick is so good. Because that's he why he's so good. These yeah. moments in to the story and into the plot. But yeah, you're totally right. And it was very he does such a good job i think of capturing the i don't even know the hierarchy of high school yeah. and oh yeah the social aspect and all of it like yeah. especially i was being from a small town i'm like this is so real this is spot where you on know all your classmates from like the time you were five and you grow up together that's how I felt. Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, you could not pay me to go back to that time of my life. Like, I'm glad that's no. behind me. But it was so real. It honestly, like, I don't know. We'll get into it. I like, I loved this book, but I kind of the same way. I was like, this is like bringing up not bad memories because I had a good high school a little triggering. Still, I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. I don't like any of this. Like, I know what's going to happen being yes. old. Like, you know how it's going to go. And it just breaks your heart for the characters. Yes. But they decide to add Amat to the junior team. And one thing, I loved his storyline and his mother because they yes. are immigrants and it's just the two of them. And she worked so hard to support him and give him every chance that he could have. And so he's like excited for himself but he's also wanting to do this for his mom too which was the sweetest oh the sweetest relationship thing. was my favorite yes and so with Amat as kind of their ace in the hole Beartown wins the semifinal because they the other team just writes off the scrawny little kid and then he comes out faster than anyone on the ice mm -hmm. and they use that to their advantage and so they win the team they win the semifinal Amat's not really the hero because Kevin is the hero. He's the star player. Yeah. But Amat has definitely gained some of the other guys' respect. And he's proven himself. And the whole town is just 
riding this high in this wave, like the press is interviewing Kevin and some of the players out in the parking lot and everybody's like just going, just going crazy. They're so excited. And the team has decided to throw a big celebration party because Kevin's parents are out of town. They live in the ritzy rich yeah. part of town and they're kind of absentee parents. They go out of town a lot and Kevin throws parties a lot there. So and they like just don't go to any of his games. I will say yeah. like before you proceed any further is when I was reading about Kevin's like life, his family life and just, you know, kind of his storyline, I always like felt bad for him and I felt sorry for him, but I never liked him. And no. I never trusted him. And it was, like, little moments. There was never, like, a big moment yet. But the way, like, Frederick Backman, like, wrote it was he would be like, oh, well, like, Kevin knew he was privileged and he could get away with this. But he just decided not to today. And I was like, oh, I don't like you. Like, you haven't done anything yet. And I feel sorry for you that your parents are so absent and they don't seem to care and they're very cold. But I will just say I was on alert every time I read about him. I agree. And I wanted to like Kevin. Like, yeah. he had that energy that as an adult is red flag. But as yeah. a kid, we're like, kind of the the mean girls thing of like oh I love your bracelet where did you get it and then talk about how ugly it is to someone else we're like he had put on the front yes Yes. he did except not as out there with it like it was subtle where people think oh he's this I want to say all-american even though this is not set in America but he's this all-american upstanding boy star of the team just great kid Mm -hmm. and he has that front but then there's this undercurrent And I wanted Mm -hmm. it to be wrong. I wanted – I thought it was going to either go two ways, which it ended up going one, but I was hoping it would go the other. But – Yeah. All your intuition, man. Trust your gut. Yeah. Anyway, now that we've teased it, we're like, ooh, what's going to happen? Well, this is leading up to the big crux. So Kevin's parents are out of town because, like we said, they don't come to any of his games, which is sad, you know. They're they're the only ones – in town that are not not the only ones but they're some of the ones that are not obsessed with hockey the way everyone else is like the rest of the town would not have missed this game for a world but kevin's parents are just sitting elsewhere so they're out of town and they're going to host this big party he and his hockey buddies and kevin has always been someone that all the girls have a crush on and maya is not immune to that even though she, you know, is not as ate up with hockey like everyone else is, but she's still. But he's still cute, you know? Yeah, he's still cute, and he's the cool kid, and he's, you know, the star of the show, whatever. So they had kind of had some flirty moments before, and so she and her best friend Anna, or Anna, are going to go to this party, and she's all excited, and, you know, the typical – high school thing except they're all getting drunk and our parties were not like that in high school but it's the whole thing of like we were so cool 
Yeah, you want to go with your friends and see the cute boy that you have a crush on and you hope that he talks to you and Yeah, that you whole wear your thing. new tank top that you just got at Hollister. Yes, exactly. So Maya and Anna go together because they are just best friends, like inseparable. <laughs> I also loved their friendship. It was heartbreaking, but also like beautiful. yeah. I don't know. I loved it. And it made me sad sometimes, but we'll get into that. But We Good had friendship. all the feelings reading this book. Truly, truly. Because there, there was another line that this stuck out to me. And I almost used it in an Instagram post, but I didn't. But I, they said it at least twice. But it was something to the effect of like, you'll never in your life have friends the way you do when you're 15. Oh And my I don't know why gosh. that just got me. <laughs> but when I Oh read my it, gosh, yeah. Both times I was like, oh my gosh, like, it's so, it's the thing where, you know, that's the time when you're surrounded by your friends every single day. You're right there. All. And it's like, you'll never have that. But then this, I also finished this book right before I went on a trip with my best friend from high school. And it like got me in my feels because I'm like, we were those 15 year old girls together Yeah. all the time. And thankfully, we're still friends. Like, things are different now that we're adults. But still, Yeah. I don't know. It just got me in my feels. Do you just start crying in front of Alexis? <laughs> Like, what the heck is happening? no, I didn't. Is it But good? I, I reading the book, I was like, oh, it made me think of all my, like, good high school friends. You included. Hey. But <laughs> you're probably the friend I talked to the most from high school, like, on a term of, Yeah, we literally talk almost every literally single day. every day yeah <laughs> <laughs> fine yeah, but so they're at this party. It's the whole, I would kept picturing the party scene from um, 10 Things I Hate About You. Like that was the yes house I was envisioning and the yes kind of hijinks of like pictures are off coming off the walls and people are drinking beer and playing beer pong everywhere and just, going crazy, drinking, smoking pot, doing the whole thing. And Amat and his friends decide to go. I No, just Amat goes, I guess. Just a moment, because this is the moment that I alluded to probably like 20 minutes ago now, where he goes with the team instead of staying with his friends, and like that's the moment that they didn't realize everything was going to be different. Yes. But when he's there, he kind of buddies up with, um, is it Bobo, right? He's kind of like the Yeah. brute of the team, which I never knew how I felt about him until at the end I liked him. But he Yeah. and Amat kind of buddy up because they're both kind of the misfits. Like, Bobo doesn't really fit in. with Kevin and the older guys but Mhm. he Mm wants to be like that but really in his heart he's not the kind to like sleep around and party and go crazy and neither is a moth so they kind of start Oh, to form I this love them. <laughs> I know they start to form this friendship on you know amongst themselves and so they're hanging out and Maya does get to talk to Kevin And flirt with him and everything's going good. And 
all of the popular girls are giving her the side eye and the evil eye because she's swooping in and talking to Kevin that every girl wants to be with. And so they're drinking and he asks her to go upstairs and she mm -hmm. goes thinking that they're just going to make out and they're making out for a while and Kevin tries to keep going farther and Maya says no and he keeps going and rapes her and she is struggling and trying to get away but he's just too strong for her like for her to get away from and this was like brutal to read mm -hmm. and it took like a very dark turn yes it's definitely darker than anxious people oh for sure which is funny because anxious people had a dark premise of like a hostage situation yeah. But it never got like this. And yeah, because, and actually, this little tidbit, when I was doing research for the pod, there was a high school in North Carolina, I guess it was like on the reading list, but it was removed from the list because parents were mad about it and they described it as like vulgar and graphic, which, you know how we feel about banned books. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't graphic. I mean, no, it was disturbing because it was, yes. yeah, you're reading about a disturbing subject, but newsflash, that happens at parties all over this country. Mm -hmm. Wow. That makes me mad. I hadn't read about that. Yeah. I know. I just read that. And I was like, well, that's some bullshit. Yeah. This is exactly the kind of book that needs to be in high schools because mm -hmm. those kids can relate to it. And there are probably- yes thousands of people who would relate to Maya and yeah. maybe there are people that would relate and to Kevin box. and stop themselves yeah. or think about things differently anyways yeah. that's a side note that's a tangent I'm sorry I got I got you all riled up now but yeah I, I read that it's okay so Kevin is raping Maya and he and Amat who is drunk and he has been in love with Maya since he was like little like always just thought she was the best he stumbles into the room and he can hear Maya like saying no and trying to resist and so he walks in and kind of startles Kevin and with that interruption Maya is able to like get away and so Amat's trying to comfort her and she's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. She can't find Anna at this point and Anna can't find her. She like, they kind of got separated at the party and then Anna's trying to find her. And some of the other girls were like, oh, well, she went upstairs with Kevin. I bet they don't want to be disturbed. And so Anna kind of gets frustrated because they'd agreed not to, you know, separate. And now she feels like she's being left behind by her best friend. So she just leaves and then Maya can't find Anna because she's left. And so she decides she'll just walk home or try to walk somewhere and get out. And this is where I thought it was going to turn darker. Yeah. I thought she was going to die out there exposed because she has no shoes on and like her clothes are all torn off and it's winter yeah. in the woodlands of the tundra basically but she is 
able to get back home. And while she's walking, a car passes her and it's got another high school kid in it, Benji, who's also on the team. And he is Kevin's Mm -hmm. best friend. And they kind of make eye contact and Benji stops the car and tries to get out and like ask if she needs help. But Maya's hiding in the bushes because she's scared at this point. Like she doesn't know who she can trust. She's traumatized, obviously. But Benji sees that, you know, she's walking alone and she looks like she needs help. But he goes on about his way. And so then it's kind of deals with the fallout of this whole night. And Maya is obviously devastated and very traumatized. And she's like hiding in her room. She's got bruises on her body. She doesn't want to eat. She like, I don't know. That was, it was really hard to read about that too. Yeah. And then Anna is trying to get a hold of her and they're kind of like warring and not warring, but like fighting because Anna's upset thinking that Maya just ran off with Kevin and Maya's upset because she can't get a hold of Anna. But finally they do reconnect and Maya tells her everything. And I don't know, Amat's trying to like be there for her too, but Maya's really just rec- you know, drawing into herself. And then there's Kevin, yeah. who's just like... It's like the psychological effect. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And then there's Kevin, who... Uh, I feel like, like he knows he did something wrong, but he's playing it off of like, oh, well, she wanted to... And... No, he's just a piece of shit, okay? Yeah. But, I mean, he he's in, in the back of his mind, he's guilty... But he's, and he knows he is, but he's, like, playing it off to other people. Um, Except Benji is the one that kind of calls him out on it. And that really starts a rift between the two of them. Because they've been best friends forever. And they, you know, grew up together. And Benji's parents were kind of like Kevin's fill-in parents. And Mm -hmm. Benji was Kevin's defender on the ice. And they made, you know, the two of them together were the, you know, Kevin was the star, but Benji was right there with them and all of this. Um, There's a whole lot of side plots with Benji, too, that we haven't even gotten into. We could talk about this for hours. Truly. We always say so many side characters. I feel like we always say, like, this is going to be a short episode and then it never is because there's so much. Yes. Um, But Maya... Eventually, after a week, she decides to tell her mom and dad about the rape. Like, they knew something was up, especially Kira. Like, she knew something was wrong with her daughter, but she couldn't figure out what it was. She wouldn't tell her. And finally, she tells her. And this, of course, devastates her parents like it would any parent. But they go and report it to the police. And this just starts the whole division of the town because this is... is, It just makes me so angry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. And it's sad because, like, you knew it was going to go that way. Yeah. But... It's basically, like, Kevin and Hockey versus Maya and her family. Because, like, Kevin's father thinks that she's lying to bring Kevin down probably like oh well 
I have a crush on him, and he didn't reciprocate, so now I'm going to destroy his reputation. So he tries to destroy her and Peter. Yeah. And the town, what I thought was weird is that the town turned on Peter for reporting it, too. And, like, why would Peter want to sabotage? Sorry, it was just, like, he reported it the day of the final game. And so because that was, was when like, he found out. Like he reported yeah. it the minute Maya told him, and that just happened yeah. to be the time the of the final. Yes, and so there's so this whole dramatic Kevin scene. Was like, yeah, he was like, "You did this to like make the team lose, and blah blah blah. Like, you're jealous, like." Oh, but that's what I don't right? get is like why the adults thought Peter would want to sabotage his own team because it really just put his job because at risk they were wanting. Well, that, but also I think. They thought Peter was mad about firing soon and like um, oh, yeah the other coach because Peter was loyal to soon and they like basically forced him to fire him. And yeah. so they were like, oh, this is your retaliation, which is so freaking childish and ridiculous. Yes. But and then not only that, but Kevin's father is like a picture of privilege. Attempts yes. to bribe a bot who was a witness into silence by like giving his mom a better job, which you know his mom is like his weakness, like that's his weak spot. He does yes. everything to protect her. He wants you know everything for her. He wants her to be happy. Um, but luckily, he and his mom refuse, and he chooses to tell the truth. Yes, because his mom really like coaches him through it of like I you know this job this better job and this more money is not worth doing the wrong thing and like we are the people that stand yeah. up for what's right and that's kind of what finally gets Maya I don't want to say finally because it's not her fault for waiting or anything but that's what gets her to report it is that she's like I don't want this to happen to anyone else yeah, And if I do it, or if I don't say anything, he's going to go on and he's going to do it again. And I don't want that to happen. And so there's this whole big scene where they're literally like on the bus pulling up to the stadium for the final match. And the cops come and take Kevin off. And then, of course, the team loses, which it's not that they lost because of that. But just they were up against a really, really good team. Like, mm-hmm. they probably still would have lost with Kevin on there. Yeah. But, and of the course, the whole town. Fighting. Yeah. Yeah. The whole town is blaming it on the fact that they lost Kevin and this is all happening. And so it really becomes a us versus them situation. And, of course, Kevin's dad has all of the money. And so he's got the best lawyers and he's got the town on his side. And Kira is going to bat the best she can with her law firm of like, we're going to do anything we can to mm-hmm. press charges and not let this go. But it results in the hockey club taking a vote about Peter being fired from his job as GM because of all of this. And there's, like a whole other side plot with a, a <laughs> local barkeeper in town who her she's like a drunk kind of and a recluse basically because 
after her husband died, she just has, she doesn't do anything except go to work. And she lives in the apartment right above the bar that they own. And she's beloved by everyone because she's the local bartender and half the town's a bunch of drunks. But she's very influential with the townspeople. And so she finally gets out, like, leaves her home to go to this meeting of the hockey club because she's she and her husband were members and they've kept you know she's kept up the membership and she goes to bat for peter basically and says that they you know the club is wrong for trying to fire him and they should be ashamed of themselves if they vote him out and you don't really think that it's gonna work until Amat comes forward and he's like one of the witnesses and he gets up in front of this whole group of people, all the members of the club who are about to make this vote on what they should do. And he tells the whole story of what he saw and how he saw it. And he puts, he goes against the team to do that because the rest of the junior team is outside the club, like basically protesting and standing up for Kevin and he kind of like crosses the picket line and goes in and sits on, you know, bats yeah. on the other side. But they end up not firing him, which I was surprised about. But yeah, it was because of a mob story and the local bartender that he kind of keeps his job. But, but the rape case against Kevin is dropped due to insufficient evidence yes livid which also sucks because there's a whole other like underlining subplot which this is just how <laughs> ensemble books go but yeah the scene with kevin's mom got me this like it infuriated me because she knew like kevin's mom knew that he was guilty she had found mm-hmm. a button or something in his room that had been torn off of Maya's shirt and she had seen all of the, like she always knew when the kids had parties because things would be slightly out of place. But like this time he went extra overboard of cleaning things up like suspiciously. Yeah. And then there was this moment where she like pulls him out and makes him look her dead in the face and ask if she, if he did it and he lies and she can tell. And that just infuriated me because she just, mm-hmm. I don't know, let it go. But. that Yeah. It, that just like, you're such an absent parent. And in the moment where you need to be present and you yes. need to actually parent your child, you just let it slide. So many unlikable yes. characters. So many likable characters, but also. It was so like 50-50 for sure. Yeah. So Peter gets to keep his job, but David, the coach of the junior team, is very mad about all of this because he thinks that David needs to just leave his family life out of this and he should have been able to separate the job and do what was best for the team and not what was best for his family and blah, blah, blah. So he gets mad and he decides to move to the rival town who – you know, they had played in one of these matches. And so he's going to coach the team over there because it's a bigger club and it's better money and there's more opportunity. And so with that, most of the team is now going to transfer to this other club because they 
kind of grew up with David. Like, David was one of those likable and unlikable. Like, the more I disliked him, but I wanted to like him because he had some really good moments and he was a good coach to them. But he had some bad human moments, which obviously outweigh everything. But, so Kevin, all of the, most of the team and a lot of the sponsors are now flopping to this other town and hockey club. So this is kind of like seemingly the nail in the coffin for Bear Town because only Amat and three other players decide to stay, which Benji is one of them. He was also a really good older player. Good for Benji. You know, I question, but, and I question him. Like the oh, see, I didn't. I liked Benji. I knew, I knew I he had it in him. I just didn't know, like, if it came down to it, because me and Kevin had such a strong bond. I didn't know, like, if he would stand up and do the right thing, or if he would back Kevin up. He was one. I don't know. He could have gone either way. He could have, but I don't know. In my heart, I always thought he would do the right thing because Benji was also secretly gay, and he was kind of an other like the rest of the team didn't know it but he himself always felt different and like an outcast and like he didn't fit in you know when they were the rest of the team was making crude jokes and being jerks he never felt good about that and I think this was finally the thing that kind of like broke the camel's back for him where he's like I'm not gonna I am not that person and I'm not gonna be that person so while this is all going on, Maya is still really struggling, obviously. This is not something you ever get over. But she is waffling back and forth. And Anna, or Anna, I keep saying both, <laughs> she is kind of like an expert junior huntsman. Her and her dad are both big into hunting because that was like what bonded the two of them. And so Maya's like, well, I want you to show me how to shoot and let's go in the woods and target practice and all of this. And Maya's secretly watching like how she stores the guns and where she puts the key to the gun safe and all of these different things. And you like, he sets the stage so well of suspense because you either think Maya's going to steal a gun and kill herself mm-hmm. or you think she's going to steal the gun and kill Kevin or someone else. And it, Really, like, I've waffled back and forth for a while on what it was going to be. Like, yeah. And Maya even says herself, like, this has to end one way with one of us dying. I don't know who it will be. And so that's what made me want to keep reading and, like, get to to see what was going to happen. So now we're, we've kind of arrived back at the, at the beginning at the end, you know, how it started at the end with a teenager walking out into the woods with a gun. And it's Maya, and she has been low-key stalking Kevin, (laughs) watching where he goes because she knows that he goes out to train and goes out for runs late at night. Um, So she's kind of watching him and waiting, and she comes out of the shadows with a gun and – forces him to kneel and puts the gun to his head and pulls the trigger. But it's at that moment you realize that she did not load the gun. Mm -hmm. She intentionally didn't load the gun. 
and she just wanted to put the fear in him that he put in her, which was like, so. It was so poetic. Like, it was that's what so I was going to say. I was going to say poetic. Yeah. It was so like poetic justice because Kevin is like, I think he literally pees his pants because he's so yeah. scared, which yes. And he little she, boy. Pee. Yes. She she basically tells him, she's like, I hope that you're afraid of the dark for the rest of your life, just like I will be because of what you did to me. And it was just like, mm, get him, Maya. Yes, Maya. Get him. Yes. yes. And so that it was great. Like this is this is one of the greater endings of a book. Yeah. Ever, because it brings it full circle. But they he kind of Frederick Backman kind of weaves some like nuggets in at the end, which this is the first in a series, and I've already mm -hmm. picked up the second one, so I'm interested to see how it comes out. But it it flashes forward to like Kevin's little moments where like he is still afraid, like that pivotally changed him, and flashes forward to Maya, and like it flashes forward where. Kevin and his wife 15 years later are out at a concert and lo and behold, the person playing guitar on the stage is Maya and he has this panic attack and not panic attack, but he has this moment of like, Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. they pass each other in the crowd. And Maya realizes like I can ruin him because I, the tides have turned and like, I'm famous now and I'm, you know, people me now and I'm credible but she chooses not to. And then Kevin is like, you know, has to tell his wife the whole story. And I don't know. It just was such a good ending. Yeah. Like. But he had to tell Which I was surprised. See, that is one thing that surprised me. Because I thought for sure when the wife asked, like, did you know that girl? Or how do you know that girl? I thought he would lie. For sure. Would because be like, he, I don't. Or like yeah, who wants to tell you the their child. wife yeah. that they raped someone and like yeah. as a wife, how do you hear that from your husband? Right. Who, I think you know somebody. Yeah, like that's low-key terrifying. But yeah. also on the one hand, I was like, I don't want to say proud of Kevin, but I, I was impressed that he did tell her the whole truth. So yeah. The bare minimum. I don't know. Well, yeah, but he had done less than the bare minimum for the whole rest of the dang novels. It's true. So it's I'm true. like, at least you listen. We've been raised to be impressed by the bare minimum from men. So, yeah, <laughs> society has a way of doing that. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess I had just thought he was going to continue. I mean, he is always trash because he just is. But I, trash. I just couldn't believe that like he actually trash did told the truth. truth. Yeah, <laughs> can that be the quote <laughs> for the board? Yes, trash told the trash truth. Trash told the truth. <laughs> <laughs> but, I think we get a lot of intrigue. <laughs> yes, and that's kind of where it ends. Like it's set the story for what potentially will happen and it like hooks you into wanting to know 
how they got there. Like, how did Maya get to become this famous musician? Yeah. There's a little hint about one of the characters dying, which is upsetting. So it's like, how did you get to there? And it makes yeah. you want to keep reading more. But except I don't really want to read more about Kevin, but I know he's going to be in the others. So unfortunately, yeah, it's whatever. But yeah, that's kind of where it where it ends. Yeah, so it wraps it up. I feel like it wraps it up nicely. You don't want to read the whole series, but, like, why would it? Yeah. It's definitely fulfilling. Like, it is fulfilling as a standalone, but it does intrigue you. If if you're invested in the characters. Like, I'm pretty invested in the characters, so I want to know. How could that be? That's my question. Yeah, I'm definitely invested in Maya and Benji and Amal, but... Yeah. And there, like we say every time, there is so much that we didn't cover because, like, Benji has four sisters. There's a whole side plots with all of them. There's side plots with Soon and a dog. And this whole other character that goes to the bar all the time is basically a drunk. Like, there's so many. He does a great. Sorry. I was about to say, we just did, like, a very broad summary. And I still feel like it was longer than I expected. Same. I know. I was going to say this, uh, this town reminded me a lot of Stars Hollow in a worse (laughs) way. Like, not in a good way, but but just the complexities of, like, the characters and the, like, plethora of characters. (laughs) Like, I was picturing gypsy is this barkeeper and yeah you know you can just see all of the different people but yeah i'm excited to read this second one i picked it up from the library but i haven't started it yet so i think it pretty much it uh kicks off right where bear town ends and now it's kind of setting up the rivalry between David and Kevin and that team versus Benji and Amat trying to get the Beartown team going again. So yeah, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, that underdog story. I'm just catching up on other pod books at the moment. Very good. Yes. Well, (laughs) when you texted me the day about the dog in one book I had to think about well first off I didn't know which book <laughs> and two because I thought I was like are we still on bear town because there is a little subplot with a dog in there but... <laughs> you're like why are you worried about that yeah yeah no the other one the other one with the dog yes I'm excited for our April lineup I can't believe Me that too. it's already April like this will be oh girl in April same but... Oh, man. At least it's almost spring and the sun is shining. It is spring, officially. Yes. I know. It's like 6.30 here and it's still light outside. It's like, oh my gosh, I can go for a walk after this. I know. It's glorious. The little things. Yeah. But yes, that is Beartown um, as we tell it or Bjornstad um, (laughs) for our Swedish listeners. (laughs) Yes, Please which that reminds our me, pronunciation. <laughs> it's also a series. Like it was made into a Swedish 
series. Oh, yeah. I thought it was like a book series. It's like you discussed. No, a television series. I know. I realize, okay, that's fair. That came out wrong. It was made into a TV series. I think on HBO or Showtime or something. But um, I think it's set, obviously set in Sweden. Like all of the actors are Swedish. But I am kind of interested to watch it because I really liked this. And I could see it being like the next Friday Night Lights or something. Yeah. But. I should we should watch it yeah let's do it it'd be fun all right so that's our recap of bear town we hope you enjoyed it we hope you are inspired to pick up a frederick backman look i just almost stumbled over i was about to say look you did it this time <laughs> not just me not just you we hope you're inspired to pick up one of his books if not one of the two that we discussed because from what we can tell, he always has something inspiring to teach you in the middle of, you know, a book seemingly just about hockey. One of the quotes, because like I looked it up on Amazon for the summary, but one of the quotes that it's just like, this isn't just like a sports book, is there's one that said, the only, the only thing the sport gives us are moments. But what the hell is life, Peter, apart from moments? It's like, wow, right? It's so good. Well, that reminds me, like, wow, yeah. Anxious people was filled with little zingers like that, and so was this one. Just like the, you know, you never have friends in your life like you do when you're 15, and it just, yeah. He's so good at delivering those one-liners that I don't know, just sum up life. Yeah. So it's so good. Please go read one of his books just pick up yes. one of them whichever one your library or your local bookstore has available please yes. pick up a book by frederick backman you will not regret it and then and give it a us... chance because they can be a little slow at first but yes and the writing going. style is different but i feel yeah. like once you're used to it it's great yeah so i yeah, love it just give it a chance and if you do read some of his books, find us over on Instagram at Life and Lit Pod and tell us what you think about them. Because if yeah. you can't tell, we would love to discuss because we both, this is two for two for of his that we've read. Yeah, so, that we love. Yes. So find us over on Instagram. Give us a shout over there and you can follow along and see all of the books that we will be discussing and we post a lot of other really good bookish content. We've got some good Women's History Month books over there since March is Women's History Month. Um, you can send us an email at lifeandlitpod at gmail.com. And as always, be sure to follow us on whatever platform you're listening to and leave us a review because that helps get our name out there to other listeners. So we will be back next week we're actually going back to <laughs> another week like wow two in a back row that hasn't yeah happened in a while do that? <laughs> i know but we will be back with another great pick for april so until next time happy reading happy reading mm-hmm.